Now to see who's really behind all this. Chasey Jose! Why would you do something like this? I was jealous, okay? Jealous of him! But why? Shaggy said this, Shaggy said that, Shaggy solved another mystery. Shaggy ate 15 hoagies in one sitting. That's all I heard from Rachel nonstop for the past year! All my awards, my platinum albums, nothing! Do you have any idea what it's like living in that shadow? Hello, 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 and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest, or sometimes two guests, will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guests this week are Ben Gregg and Kenny Sage from the podcast Pass the Golden Popcorn. And they are here to discuss a Scooby-Doo Valentine from What's New Scooby-Doo. Fellas, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, hey, glad, glad to be back and to bring a friend this time. Of course, Kenny, this is yeah. your second time. Ben, this is your first, so welcome my first, to you. Uh, my, my, uh, my first delve into the Scooby-verse. Exactly. Although, other yeah. than like other other sort of more mainstream stuff I've seen. Are you saying that as an adult you haven't spent a lot of time watching <laughs> Scooby Doo? I mean I might start doing it now, uh, based off like the homework I did. Um I found some series that I really like. Oh, so you were hopping from back and oh, forth yeah. from various I, stuff. I, yeah, we'll we'll probably get into it at some point. Yeah, I pretty much I tried to grab from like the farthest reaches. Um I think I watched uh, I watched the episode, and then I watched one movie, and then I watched wow. like two or three episodes of um, Be Cool, and then two or three mm-hmm. episodes of uh, Mystery Incorporated. Yep, I feel like I had, to, I had to grab from both spectrums. For um, sure. Be cool both of the shows so feel like they'd be up your alley, yeah. Ben. Be, be Cool is so funny. I, it, it, is. A, it is. It is probably like the funniest I feel like Scooby-Doo has ever been. It's a very um, funny show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I really I've been enjoying it so far. Um. Yeah. I mean, those are two really great ones to get introduced to, especially like how it is now in the modern era. Um, because what's new? Scooby Doo is no longer modern. It's it's almost twenty years old at this point, which is crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Pro- it's probably it's weird enough. I probably I'm pretty sure that's if I were to like. Out of all of the Scooby-Doo media I've seen, I've probably seen What's New Scooby-Doo the most, just because that was, was on TV yeah. when I was when I watched TV. Yeah, I mean, that's, Kenny, that's your, your story too, right? Is that this is just the one that from when we were kids. <laughs> it was this. Yeah. Well, I, I did get back when I was a ki- kid and my, like, ca- Canadian cable service, like WB, used to have, like, daily programming, and that's where I would see, like, What's New, or Scooby-Doo, Where Are You reruns. So that's right. how I kind of got into the character. And then I was new Scooby-Doo was, oh, this was airing on Saturday mornings. I'm like, oh, cool. I can see new Scooby-Doo adventures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this was 
this was a very big deal this show this was like the the return to form for scooby-doo they had the, the two live action movies uh and then uh they um had this show and like this is this is scooby-doo's back and it's fresh and it's hip but now it's like it's it's not dated i don't think it's dated but it is no longer like the the new hotness you know they've had so much stuff since then um casey Kasem still does shaggy in this one right like yes casey Kasem is still doing shaggy he did it up until 2009 actually wow um maybe 2010 i'm not sure but yeah he was Old man doing doing Casey uh, doing Casey Kasem was an old man doing Casey Kasem. No, he was old doing Shaggy for a long time. But um, yeah. yeah, it definitely comes across a bit in the performance. We're like, oh, Shaggy sounds like an old man, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a sweetheart. I don't I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy still. he's there. But Just... yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so. So you did watch Scooby-Doo as a kid then, Ben? You watched it on, on yeah, TV. A, yeah, a little bit of that. I definitely, yeah, I've seen both live-action ones. Um, or I think, I think I've seen, was there, there was two live-action ones as like the high school, when they're like, they're actually like in high yeah. school, correct? I think I saw the first one where like it takes place at the school. Yeah, they made two Cartoon Network original movies um, yeah. that were set as like the origin story is the gang and i've i've mm-hmm. never seen the second one i have watched the first one it's it's fun it's nice there's nothing really wrong with that movie yeah um, i think it confirms it says that shaggy is like canonically way older than the main crew um because mm-hmm. he was born on like a leap year or something yeah <laughs> i think it's, <laughs> it's the one thing i remember from that movie <laughs> oh boy yeah. um so you two host a podcast together. Yes. Pass yeah, the golden do. popcorn. Um, ben, you don't know this, but the last time that Kenny was on this show was so long ago that at the end, Kenny, like, you know, I asked you, do you have anything you want to plug or whatever? And he's like, well, I'm thinking about doing this podcast with my friend. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get around to it. And that was so long ago that you guys have completely basically completed your entire first season of that show um, yeah. in the time <laughs> since. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I went on a couple podcasts around this time last year, and when I wrote to the plugs, I'm like, I have this hypothetical thing, and maybe if I plug it, I'll hear myself talking about it in a couple months and go, oh, right, I should do that. And your, But yours by this point, I think I had reached out to like Ben's, whereas on the other podcasts, like our, our friend Jack's podcast, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know if this will ha- happen. Like, it was still, like an early idea, but yeah, now it's roughly 30 episodes later, and yeah, here I'm back. I mean, I I really do enjoy your podcast, Pass the Golden Popcorn. It's a, it's a MTV Movie Awards podcast. Um, and uh, the first season, of course, is all about the award for Best Kiss. Um, so, you know, you go through every episode, you guys go through a different year and and review the kisses and the movies, of course. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, I was like, there's no better experts to come on that, the Valentine's special of heavy metal than you two, considering how much time you have spent in the world of 
romantic media. Um, yeah, just when we were getting yeah. ready to get out, you pulled us right back in. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Just one one last hurrah before we before we forget about romance and love and everything. And yeah. this a incredibly romantic episode. To tell you <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is like something I kind of noticed while watching. Or I'm like, oh man, it's it's like a it's a Valentine's episode, like in quotes, um, yep. like in that it takes place on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a, it is a very atypical episode of like not even just Scooby like what's the new Scooby Doo but Scooby Doo in general. Um so they they did every se- there are three seasons of uh of Scooby Doo of what's new Scooby Doo. And they uh each season they had a spe- a bonus episode. Um, there was a holiday special. So the first one they did a Christmas episode. Second one they did a Halloween episode. Those two make sense. It's like you know, if you're going to do a holiday episode, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to do those two. Um, but for the third one, they I guess settled on Valentine's. I don't know if they discussed doing Thanksgiving or something else, but um, this is what they settled on. And I find the end product very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um i wonder does um it's weird does what's new scooby-doo um mm-hmm. i assume is it like is it like um what what's the relationship between like fred and daphne is there like anything there throughout the majority of it uh in this edition of the show no not really um nothing yeah. more than like, an off offline here or there or something yeah. but it's because yeah, because in like Mystery Incorporated, it seems like it's kind of like a one-sided thing, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, yeah, so like an evolution there, but yeah, it yeah. definitely starts off more one-sided. Is a... mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Mystery Incorporated is a is a relationship-centered show. <laughs> um, you know, whether or not it's romantic relationships or whatever, it plays much more into the the. Uh, interplay of the characters and you know their relationships to each other um this one is just you know your your box standard scooby-doo they're typically they go to a new place and they solve the there's another monster and then they solve the mystery that's it you know they're they're not playing with the formula at all um which is what makes this one so weird (laughs) is that it is very much uh breaking out of formula yeah, I think when um, I came onto the show last time, we mentioned the two things with what's new Scooby Doo is one, they travel the world, and two, there's technology now, and those are kind of the gimmicks. And then yeah. this oh, yeah. one is they come, they go back to their like hometown, and like it's not yes. really much technology other than classic masks on like villains. Like it's yeah, this one is interesting because it was produced i believe to be the finale because the specials were always supposed to come at the end of the season and then for whatever reason they were aired out of order probably because they had to be aired on the holiday that they came out right but like on home video releases and on streaming they're always at the end of the season um which i prefer like i like this as the finale of the show i like because it's a, it's a unique episode it's special and it's like they've been on this long road trip this whole time and now they're finally coming home right um so 
I think it's fun in that regard. And it is, it's, it's fun to see them in like in this weird element, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very different in every way. Um, but yeah, they're back in Coolsville for Valentine's day. Yeah. And I, I've heard through the grapevine that, uh, that Fred does hate Coolsville. Um, where he thinks it sucks. Yeah, he um, does. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on the news. <laughs> oh. Um, do you, um, you know, let's just, let's, let's get into this episode, shall we? Why not? I don't see any reason to dilly-dally anymore. Uh, it's a Scooby-Doo Valentine. As I said, it's either... What's new Scooby-Doo season three, episode three, or episode 13, depending on how you want to classify it. Um, and yeah, the premise is that the gang are finally back from their location. They don't call the town Coolsville in the episode, but I mean, come on, it's Coolsville. They're home. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a great, just a really weird thing about this episode is how much takes place at lover's lane which is not something that you would expect to hear in an episode of (laughs) scooby-doo um (laughs) certainly up to this point scooby-doo has been an extremely chaste asexual show (laughs) um in every way (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's why valentine's episode like it's it can't be it's not going to be centered around like any of the characters like weird like love triangles or like relationships or anything it's like there's not really much to go off of there, <laughs> but they have to. They, there has to be, you know, some idea of, you know, amorous activity for it to to fit as Valentine's Day. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. There's like there's like Shaggy's like ex, and then there's like the mailman that's crushing on Velma, mm-hmm. like, and Scooby's ex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scooby's ex. <laughs> The first weird conceit of the episode when Shaggy and Scooby are met with their ex-girlfriends, Rachel and her silent dog who doesn't talk, but was in a relationship (laughs) with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, Well, I will say the first weirdest thing about this episode is there's no theme song at all. And they don't have oh, one. Yeah. yeah, I was so disappointed. I, I looked it up on YouTube after because I I really I love the theme song for What's New Scooby-Doo. It's it's like one yeah. of the most iconic things about it. A um, classic a classic song. Everyone yeah. loves it. But, yeah. Featuring Scooby-Doo guests are simple plan. Just, exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but instead huh. it is just a title card that's that's like it just as a pink heart that says a Scooby-Doo Valentine, which I guess yeah. works for the, this is a special episode. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a bummer. You you want to hear the yeah. theme song? It's so good that I like, it It shows that, um, that be cool and mystery incorporated don't even have lyrics to their theme song. Cause they knew they couldn't top it. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a banger. It just is. There's it truly no, is. If and, if ands or buts about it. Um, uh, yeah, I missed it. I missed it for sure. Um, so this is a just a a fun context for them to be in because it's not. There's no real um, indication of how old they are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they are a indeterminate age, um, young adults, certainly, and uh, 
they're coming home. Everyone knows them in this community, but uh, like they're they're not coming home to visit their parents. The parents are not involved at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is where we find out that Fred and Shaggy are roommates, and Daphne and Velma are roommates in separate houses. Um, which is fun. It's nice to see yeah. them like that. Um, and Velma forgot to turn off the power before she went on a long road trip for a long periods of time. Was, <laughs> or, was, yeah, it was yeah, the electric bill, she, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was the electric bill. And uh, Shaggy left uh, leftover Chinese in the refrigerator, which we can only expect. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is just this is kind of a t- a taste of what uh, um, becomes Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Of you know, they're independent and 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 just hanging out in this tight knit small community where there happen to be monsters, um, which I like. Uh, it just is very out of left field. Um, you know, Le- Kenny, you and I were talking about it about how much lore there is in this episode in this episode alone like it does not come from anywhere or go anywhere <laughs> um, yeah because you watch any other episode and like you, you just assume you're like okay it's a scooby gang you're traveling around you ne- you never think oh they left somewhere and that and that town's about like been reading up on their adventures and law enforcement resents them and there's like people they left behind it's like a lot of topics that maybe a modern Scooby-Doo show would want to dive into more, where this one's just, oh, yeah, yeah, here's Shaggy's ex-girlfriend, like, and she's, yeah, she's mad at him. He used to have short hair, by the way. Like, Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fun if, like, um, they had done some, they tried to tie it into a pup named Scooby-Doo, maybe, somehow, you know, like... yeah. Well, they they could have tied Red it into the. Yeah, they could have uh, they could have just tied it into the re- reluctant werewolf by just naming her Googie. Yeah, uh, and then you and then you could have a character named Googie in the episode, and we all win. Um, I love could... Googie. I miss Googie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Really, justice for Googie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then that would imply. Uh, it would imply it would um imply that red shirt shaggy and green shirt shaggy exist in the same universe, which I'm not sure what that would do to the Scooby Doo community. Yeah, um. that would be very dramatic, <laughs> I think. Um, you, uh, you do into the shaggy verse, re- yeah, red shirt, green shirt, ultra instinct shaggy. <laughs> yeah, that's all <laughs> for sure options they could do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I, I do think it is it, it is fun. It is fun. I do wish that they like at the very least they should have just called it Coolsville. Like, come on, stick to your guns. That's yeah. And you said this is like a this was not only a season finale, but this was like a series finale, was it not? It was. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, you you could have pulled out you know all the all the stops for that. But I guess Which it also I mean, has to be a Valentine's Day episode. There's a lot to work with there. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, they do pull out all the stops for this. <laughs> like, it is a bonkers episode of TV, even if it isn't, uh, you know, I don't know. It like, it's small and and very ambitious all at the same time, which is admirable, I think. Um, mm-hmm. 
But we get our first real uh, clue that this is an abnormal episode when Fred is reading the newspaper and finds out that eight teenagers have gone missing in town um, from their, uh, they would go up to lover's lane and then they would never come back, which is ominous. You know, that's a real crime. Yeah. I saw, I thought that ominous teaser. We got of people on like lover's lane getting attacked shortly after the mystery machine returned to town was like just a, on sequitur, but apparently it tied into the episode. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, we were never going to touch that again. <laughs> yeah, as one of the only two things happening in town besides them returning is that like, like, oh yeah, you're back. Also, teenagers have been going missing. <laughs> yeah, eight missing teenager. Uh, I just think it's fun because they want to. They're inspired to solve like an actual crime. It's not like there's a a ghost hanging around that they know of. They're just like, Oh, some teenagers are missing. We can figure this out. It's a very Hardy boys plot as opposed to a Scooby-Doo plot, you know, cause usually mm. like the monster comes first as opposed to suddenly appearing. Um, mm. Yeah. But it's just like, Hey, read about it on the paper. No one like requests their services. It's just, yeah. But then they are visited by, our first suspect, George the Mailman. Um, he's a a big, nice guy. He's uh, he's very happy to see the Scooby Gang back in town, um, as we all are. Uh, I think it's fun that they use the term Scooby Gang because that's not something that usually gets used. Um, you know, kind of kind of stealing from Buffy there, but Buffy was stealing from them first, so they're sort of <laughs> reclaiming what was taken. <laughs> Yeah, what was Joss Whedon gonna do? <laughs> so there's some kind of inappropriate joke here about recent behaviors, but <laughs> I mean he probably watched this. Probably watched it live. Maybe he's the one who sent the secret admirer notes. We don't know. Um but uh yeah, all three of the boys, Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby-Doo, get a large heart-shaped um secret admirer notes um, like they're valentines signed from a secret admirer yeah scoobies says hi cutie which i found very funny and wrote down um, <laughs> <laughs> the just the the inclusion of scooby-doo at, at, you know the talking dog in the um in the cadre of secret admirers is very funny to me. <laughs> like it could very, yeah. could very easily have just been the four human beings or, or have secret admirers and are invited to go to Lois Lane or Lover's Lane, Lois Lane, Lover's Lane. And, uh, and Scooby just goes along cause he has nothing better to do, but Nope. The dog gets a note too. And that's how we, <laughs> And no one questions it. No. <laughs> None of them really seem all of that like perturbed about their secret admirers either. Like I guess I mean it's a nice thing to get, but I don't know. I feel like in real life yeah. if you got a secret admirer <laughs> note, you either know who it would be or you would be very creeped out. <laughs> like yeah. if I can't yeah. imagine someone it could possibly be, I would be very weirded out by that um, interaction. But I don't know if you guys ever gotten a secret admirer note or have you sent well, one? 
I guess it is like it is Valentine's Day. I guess it would be sure. if if there was any time to send uh, a creepy anonymous note. Um, yeah. It would be it would be then. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah but, um. Yeah. When I I mean I don't know if it was like a secret admirer's note, but definitely when I was like a kid going to a summer camp, we had a day called holiday where the premise was we were going to celebrate all the holidays in one day and there was definitely like a note system to valentine's day where i got at least a, cu- a couple nice notes from people not, not really a, like a romantic variety but like felt sure. in the spirit of it just i remember when i was in elementary school like i think this was like the second grade um i we you know we were doing the valentine's day exchange of course exchanging valentines and i had a bully and my solution for how to get the the guy to stop bullying me was to write him a note and put it in his valentine's box asking him to please stop bullying me <laughs> and <laughs> i don't did it work i i guess maybe i think he was more confused by the whole interaction that he was like like it didn't enrage him uh, like i decorated it and everything to be like in theme with valentine's i definitely must have put a couple of hearts on there which is it's good that he wound up being a nice guy about it because it could have really backfired yeah. it's a, it was a it was a hail mary to be sure yeah i guess we were seven or eight years old, you know, so if if I had tried that a few years later, it would probably would not have worked out quite as well. Um, <laughs> but I guess, I guess it was a unique idea. I probably asked my dad if it was a good idea and he probably said yes. So, you know, um, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to put that all on him. <laughs> well, um, yeah. well, I've heard your dad's episodes. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. So I'm, so I'm sure it was a good plan. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have, when we were in high school, we had um, like aptitude tests, like, like, like compatibility tests. Um, oh, yeah. And you'd you see who, would, who you're most like percentage wise or close to. Yeah. Um, which is. A crazy concept. Of those, I'm not sure if my school had them, or maybe they did, and I just did not do one. I'm like, eh. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I always made my friends do them. I was like, come on, this is funny. You got to do it. Um, I like the one friend in high school who was always the one who was just like in a well. It was one one friend who was kind of going from like relationship to relationship, and then two friends who paired up in like 10th grade and are together to this day as far as i know wow, um, wow. based off that one aptitude test yeah. <laughs> <That's big. laughs> i mean my my school was smart about it because they did you got a list of of boys and girls like it wasn't just yeah the opposite sex i don't i imagine it it did not start out that way and then eventually someone was like we should uh change this <laughs> progressive <laughs> Yeah. yeah i think yeah i think my school i don't know if my school is even that progressive but I, I think they had like a like quote-unquote like best friend list yeah yeah like, i don't yeah, think it, yeah i think that might have been what the whole thing was framed <laughs> as you know to just cover mm-hmm. their their butts a little bit <laughs> um but uh yeah it, that that was always a fun day for sure um but then back to the episode you know back over at the girl's house they get the mail 
um, George is acting a little shifty, I would say, a little more awkward around the young women than the young men. And uh, Daphne, of course, gets a avalanche of letters from admirers. Um, and Velma gets the electric bill, poor thing. <laughs> but really which, good joke. <laughs> why is Velma paying the bills? We know that Daphne's the rich one. Why is why does Velma have to do this? No, oh, maybe she she's the one that left the light on. Yeah, good point. And maybe this is just maybe this is their agreement. You know, maybe Daphne pays the mortgage and Velma's like, I'll cover the electric bill. I got that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, they also both get these large heart-shaped um, cards from a secret admirer, which is all suspicious. So the gang load up. They go visit Lover's Lane, which is now a crime scene. Again, not something you typically see. You know, the uh, like the yellow caution tape and all of that, um, which is fun. Uh, Sheila from the cold open is there. You know, she's talking to the police. The police remember the Scooby gang, but they're not quite as happy to see them, um, which I thought was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I think that's like a really it's like a very common motif of all of all Scooby media is that just they're just they're an enemy of the state. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something that Mystery Incorporated <laughs> plays up more with their like oh, Patrick sure. Warburton character. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think in uh, in both episodes of Be Cool that I watched, I think they were, I think both guards were just dumb. Um, yeah, I think the in the one episode I watched, I think it was like a it was like a Mountie who would just be like, "Hey, you can't go in there." He's like, "Oh, my friend's in there." He's like, "Oh, okay, you can go." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that dog not on a leash? Like, you can't put him on a leash. He's my best friend. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a really funny line where the, where the cop is like, oh, I see. The Scooby gang's back to, to deal with us small town cops again. And I'm like, what is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's not, this isn't like an episode of CSI or something. They're, <laughs> they, uh. they're just kids that happen to solve mysteries sometimes. Like, what's this Scooby Doo has recurring characters, but this cop is not one of them. It's just, no. there's a whole history where you're like, huh? It's just thrown at you. Oh, there's there's something there. There's some antagonism there, whether it's whether it's it's real or just um a, a sense of insecurity from the cop. It's it's from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He definitely he is he is distrustful. Um, Velma finds some sort of yellow paste on the ground, um, which is our first clue. She uh, she grabs a sample of that, but then while she's doing that, Shaggy and Scooby, as we say, meet their ex girlfriends. It's Rachel, who is um, being voiced by chasing Amy herself. Uh, Joey, what's her name? Joey Lauren Adams. Wow. Oh wow! Titular. <laughs> Amy of Chasing Amy. <laughs> My character's name wasn't named Amy. What? In Chasing Ch Amy? Chasing Amy, like the Amy in the title refers to <laughs> like Jay or Silent Bob is telling a story that like relates to Ben Affleck's situation. Like, and, All right, well, look. 
<laughs> if you're the I, Kevin Smith stan, you can you can correct me. Uh, that's fine. I will take I'm you. Not the Kevin I Smith stan. I just remember having to talk about this on my show, um, but her uh, name. You know everything was about Alyssa. it. <laughs> Like <laughs> I always confuse chasing Amy with um with there's something about Mar or um was it there's something about something Marshall, um, how huh? chasing what? what's what's that there's movie? something about Mary the movie oh that's what it is wait yes. something Mary what's the, we're what's forgetting the... Sarah Marshall is that I, sure. I, my brain was combining those two. I I apparently <laughs> I'm confusing three movies there's something um, about Marshall <laughs> there's something about chasing Amy Marshall. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Chasey, yeah, Chasey, Amy, it's such a weird movie. Yeah, I, that must have been a, a best kiss, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, that, that was like the Titanic wedding singer year, I think. It was, Big and, also, wow. and also in and out another kind of, yeah, relation or movie dealing with like kind of queer relationships and stuff in, but. Which one yeah. is more sensitive? Uh, they're in and out, definitely. <laughs> I, I would. They're both insensitive. How oh, I don't even know. Possibly, <laughs> I th- I think you can make arguments from either way. I would say Chasing Amy is more blunt. <laughs> in and out, I think at least the screenwriter was gay. Where like Chasing Amy, I think it was just a Kevin Smith production. Screenwriter oh. had met a a gay person before in their life. <laughs> you know, yeah, at least done some research. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but on their Wikipedia page now, yeah, it does say it was Silent Bob who reveals he once had a relationship similar to Holden's, and though he loved his girlfriend Amy, her promiscuity made him end the relationship. Later regretting it, he says he has spent every day that, <laughs> since then chasing Amy, so to speak. That was oh, that's like the best scene of the movie. <laughs> Okay, well, I I guess I apologize for uh, getting that wrong. <laughs> no, it's all it's why it's why we're here. You know? I'm sorry to Kevin Smith. I'll be the first to say. <laughs> but hey, yeah, Joey Lauren Adams, good. Yeah, good to have great her in this voice. episode. Really yeah. great voice. Um, she's got this voice that's like, what if Renee Zellweger's voice was like even more? <laughs> um, <laughs> Which worked really well for this uh, vocal performance, I think. Um, she is Shaggy's ex-girlfriend, which is a great concept. I really love it. <laughs> love that Shaggy has an ex-girlfriend. Um, love that it's not Fred. You know, yeah, not Fred's ex. I, I also like that throughout the episode, like, it's not... At no point do I think Shaggy ever wants to get back with her. No. It's like, it's, it's something he's like, they, they play it off as something that's like really immature, but it's actually like super mature of him to like end yeah. off because he knows he can't do long distance relationships. Yeah. It's, it's something he absolutely sticks to. Yes, the flashback to the breakup is one of the funniest things. <laughs> like there's in a Scooby Doo, like like Shaggy approached like he's he's young, he's got short hair. Scooby's like maybe a year old based off of his size, and like him just like responsibly approaching his his girlfriend and being like, "Look, going on the road for a long time. I just don't think it would be fair to you." to try to make a long distance relationship work, you know, especially because like this is, this is, this is barely after the advent of cell phones and everything, you know, it would be hard. He's, he's really trying to, to be, as you say, mature about it. And then she throws a plate of spaghetti at his head, which is, 
such a funny thing to happen in a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah. Does the dog also have a plate of spaghetti she throws at Scooby, or is it just like the one plate? I don't know, but I hope so. I don't know if that is the case. But that is, yeah, you just don't see a lot of comedy about domestic strife in Scooby 2. Yeah, something I think it's missing, you know? Yeah, yeah, we need more of that. And more cutaway gags, too. Come on. But then what is truly the funniest idea in the entire episode is when she reveals her new boyfriend, which is one of the lead vocalists of NSYNC, J.C. Shazay. Wait, is that a real, is that a real person? It's a real person. Okay, wait, is, is he portraying himself? He's portraying himself. He's I the, thought I thought it was a fake thing they made up. I thought it was. Just... He certainly is not still famous, so I can understand <laughs> that. that, that sense, but yeah, I thought it was just like, oh, here's here's John Starborn, like new tween <laughs> sensation. I thought they were doing one of those. You're saying <laughs> don't remember we had every member of the band NSYNC who wasn't like Justin Timberlake or. <laughs> This would, of course, be the C in NSYNC, uh, because they all have uh, every letter is the last letter of their name, right? Their first name. Um, Kenny, can you name Timberlake? All of he's the N, Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of the N's. Oh, it's the last letter of their first name. Of course, that's the stupidest way to come up with a band name. Imagine if any other band did that. Yeah, and it's um, yeah. JC. Like the C is like that's so stupid. <laughs> can Kenny? Can you name it, the other members? Well, um, of of course, there's Joey Fatone, mm-hmm. and then Lance Bass, and then hmm, the Scrappy Doo. Who else? Who else? Captain Caveman. Okay, so uh, that, that's a yeah. good question. Then Justin Timberlake and. Yeah, I don't remember the fifth this? guy. How would that? How would it work if it was if Lance Bass is in there? Is he the S? Is there maybe what? is there an E at the end? Lance? No, yeah, there is Lance definitely. That's the one I should have. <laughs> there is not an E at the end. Oh, and Chris Kurt Pat- Chris Kurt Patrick is the last guy. I have this on Wikipedia now. Um, trying to yeah, see if we can figure out this name. How did NSYNC get their name? They picked one letter from each of their names and formed a word. The last letter of each of the initial members' names. He was nicknamed... Okay, 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 okay. Lance Bast was nicknamed Lanston. Huh? So he's the N. Wait, no. He's the other N. He's the other N. N Oh, there's two Ns. That's... uh... So, they. I think that they. Oh no, Lance. Oh, I see. They had Lance a different guy. Later, I think they had a different guy than Lance Bass originally. He is some guy named Jason. Jason, I guess, was kicked out or left the band, and then they brought Lance in, and they came up with the nickname Lanston for him, so that they could just keep the name. That's what I'm reading here. <laughs> it sounds like you just burn through like stinkies or jinkies material. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous. 
That is so stupid. Lanston. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but Casey to... Shazay—he's one of them. He's one of the members of Insync. That's one thing you cannot take away from him. Now, the last time I was on this show, also covering what's new Scooby Doo, we looked at an episode "Simple Plan" and the Invisible Madman with "Simple Plan." So yes. imagine my surprise when I'm watching this episode and another like two thousands era like popular band singer pops up. I'm like, huh? <laughs> yep. Even's um, pigeonholing me here. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can come on for the Scooby Doo Halloween episode to cover the other um, band they covered that was popular with millennials, uh, Kiss. Oh wait, let me on that episode. I that was one of the homeworks I did. Um, it's <laughs> I, I won't I won't go into it too much because you're gonna do an episode about it. But like, what a movie! Oh my god. They're, they no no you don't understand. They made a movie later on which is great oh, is it, that movie is ridiculous yeah. and insane wait, is it t- wait are the but that was the second maybe third time that kiss had been on wait uh, are they this because there's, there's a twist ish in the in the kiss movie yes it is are very they, different very different okay are they just regular kiss in the episode it's just kiss they are playing a concert <laughs> and, and Shang, the scooby gang are there kiss famously has been in scooby-doo media three times um i don't understand why but uh, uh they they just love that dog i guess they, uh, they, i mean i I feel like I may have I may have peaked. I may have watched the best one first because um, I yeah, watched Scooby Doo, like Scooby Doo and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery. Yes, that uh, that feature film is phenomenal, extraordinary, quite the experience. Yeah. Um, it even only covers the Scooby Doo movies like one month of the year. It's true. Okay. We're gonna have to wait until Gruskamumo next year to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, I would love to discuss that really bonkers piece of media but yes rachel scooby's ex-girlfriend's now dating jc shaza international pop star um he says that he's you know he got tired of dating supermodels and pop stars and all of these people uh so he's he's settling down with rachel he bought a cabin uh you know near coolsville and uh and yeah they seem to be really hitting it off these two um shaggy understandably a little uh jealous you know it's a uh, quite the thing to hear <laughs> that your ex-girlfriend is now dating a member of in sync <laughs> <laughs> one of the letters in in sync yep um <laughs> this is also where you learn that vel like rachel started dating him for this contest when a date with JC and Velma has entered this contest like over a hundred times or something. Yes, like yes. <laughs> Velma very much wanted to win a date with JC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun um, little thing for them to give Velma and not like Daphne or something. Just yep. But then one of my absolute favorite jokes in the episode is when JC Shazay reveals he has a dog named Rico who is now dating the Roxanne Scooby's <laughs> ex-girlfriend. <laughs> his, his little bulldog you know, rolls up and, and makes Scooby blush. <laughs> um, I believe this episode spends entirely too much time on the dog romance. Like, hey! Or maybe not <laughs> enough. Yeah, <laughs> they should have yeah put put the full force into it. Make that the whole episode. 
Dogs deserve love too, Kenny. Come on. Don't be exclusionary here. Um, but one thing that we missed is that uh, is that Sheila, the girl from the cold open, um, is uh, can, told the cops that it was the Scooby gang that attacked her that night on Lover's Lane. Um, which that can't be. That can't be. They can't be the bad guys. They're the lead characters. They're our friends. <laughs> yeah. Or could sure it make sense if it was planned to be the last episode of the show, both that like they're going going, you know, home for the first time and that the villains of the episode are like they're doppelganger. It's just Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um they're you know, they're they're back over at Velma's house. She's analyzing the fluid she found on the ground. Um and then George the mailman shows back up and he you know, he's got a sign on delivery package for them so they all sign their name including scooby-doo who's got a signature um which i love (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh this is this probably leads to one of like the the goofiest parts of the episode at least like the signature part yeah Um, because it's like it's like a ransom note for the top half and then all of their signatures at the bottom yeah yeah. (laughs) as as criminals are famous to do Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what when George brings the the note, the notes to them that he has more secret admirer notes. He also asks out Velma, not Daphne. Velma. What? Someone has Probably a crush on right. Velma. What? The How heck? could this be? <laughs> a little suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> She, uh, good for her. She turns him down. I respect that. <laughs> good for her. Um, uh. yes, all five get asked up to Lover's Lane at midnight on Valentine's Day by their, uh, their secret admirers. So they go and up there, they, you know, they get lost somehow and they have to split up. And it's midnight on Valentine's Day. And for what seems like the first time all season, Fred decides that it's just going to be him and Daphne. (laughs) 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 Since Velma with the boys takes Daphne just by the two of them. Um, I mean, they have to know what they're doing. The writers have to know what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're straight baiting us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh. actually, so you mentioned the writers. So that, that reminds me when I was looking at the episode. This episode was written by uh, Nanochka Khan, who is kind of the she's a, a a TV writer, and then actually has created multiple shows, including uh, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three, which had James Vanderbeek playing like a comedic version of himself. The show kind of fresh off the boat, which Constance Wu famously, before they got, after they got renewed for a sixth season, was like, oh, this sucks. Because 
Gets him another yes, opportunity. Yes, I do remember that. That was insane. <laughs> and Young Rock, and also directs the film Always Be My Maybe, which fe- features Keanu Reeves playing a comedic version of himself. So maybe this is just a thing in her work of celebrities playing like <laughs> themselves. Like, yeah, this is you can trace the auteur narrative back to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, yes, they do split up. Um, we don't see what Fred and Daphne get up to until they find. As uh, as Ben pointed out, they find a confession letter explaining that they have abducted all of these teens and a they all signed it, every single one of them, <laughs> which is just really funny. One of my favorite reveals of the episode. <laughs> um, and then Shaggy, Scooby and Velma are in another part of the woods and they discover themselves. Oh my god. But we're going to have to pause here and play a little game before we get back and finish the plot of the Scooby-Doo Valentine. Um, So this game is called Scooby or Not Scooby. And the way this game works is each week I pick out a series of titles. Some of which will be titles of a Scooby-Doo episode. And some will be titles of something else. And it's up to you to guess. Um, So because we play two games on the show, I think that for this game, one of you should start first. And then on the second game, the other one should get to guess first. Does that sound fair? That's fair. Um, And I think because of when I tell you the theme, I think it would be best if Ben goes first. Because this game is going to be... Is it an episode of Scooby-Doo or an episode of Riverdale? If oh, if you want, um, I feel like me and Kenny are pretty honorable guys. If you just said the question and then we both like wrote it down on like a notepad and we just like we just were truthful about it, I think we could probably do them at the same time. You can go first, Ben. But... Right. We'll Riverdale. do that for the second game because Kenny's yeah. just going to get all of these probably because oh, okay, yeah, yeah. he's the biggest Riverdale that. fan that I know of. Yeah, this uh, is like asking Jack to guess Fraggle Rock episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me the edge on this one at least. Um, but yes, this is uh, Riverdale or Scooby Doo. Riverdale been covered on your show. Yes, yeah, yeah a, couple, a couple times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we cover. Yeah, we covered it twice. Lots of kissing in Riverdale. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Night fright. Oh, that's oh man, night fright. I'm. I have to go with a Riverdale just because like Scooby Doo episodes are usually so much stupider. Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that is Scooby Doo. This is a Scooby Doo. It is not uh, Riverdale. Uh, the man. synopsis. I have synopses for all of them. Uh, Shaggy wins a contest to have dinner with the actor Vincent Van Gogh, but while Shaggy and Scooby visit, four monsters invade the mansion. So there you go. Oh, the dark secret of Harvest House. Ah, oh, um, wait, do I go first or does Kenny go first? Yeah, you go first. All right. Um, wait, can you say it again? The dark secret of Harvest House. That uh, that has to be Riverdale. Um, you, yeah, I'm going Riverdale on that one. Uh, yes, I believe that is Riverdale. 
Yes, it is. Uh, the Veronica stages an elaborate plan. Betty makes a chilling discovery, and Jughead finds himself one step closer to unmasking the Gargoyle King. <laughs> if any of these titles have Gargoyle King in them, that's going to be such a toss-up. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Night Gallery? Night Gallery. I think I'm going. Oh man. I feel like I'm guessing this on every night gallery. Um, trying to think if that. Has to, I'm thinking I'm going to go with Riverdale. I think you got Riverdale for each one. <laughs> but I feel this feels like Riverdale. I don't know. Yeah, this is an episode from the most recent season of Riverdale. I remember it well. It's... <laughs> yeah, of course. This is when Cheryl enlists the help of Archie, Kevin, Fangs, and Reggie after she learns there's palladium under her maple groves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ben, this doesn't have up in the episodes we've ever... I'm sure I brought it up on the show, but a big part of Season 5 of Riverdale is they reveal the reason Hiram Lodge is so interested in the town is because there's, like, a palladium vein, and his father originally came when, like, a person in New York paid him for a shoe shine with a palladium coin. He's like, there's palladium in those hills! Like, it's literally just the gold rush, but with palladium. <laughs> so he's been after palladium in Riverdale all this time, and... Sure, that becomes a big not? part of the season. There's like a mine, a mine collapse. It's it's a whole thing. I, man, I wonder like how. Is, I wonder if there's like a map for these shows. So they just kind of just kind of keep it rolling. I'm sure that they, <laughs> if they had one, they've they've left it by now. <laughs> um, okay, how about Dead Justice? Ah, uh, Dead Justice. I I'm. I'm going to go with Scooby-Doo on this one, just because I've done Riverdale so many times in a row. Even someone you can't really metagame, but yeah, I, I'm going to say Scooby-Doo as well. This is a Scooby-Doo. Um, yes. The gang and Sheriff Stone fail to trap the Piranha Goat, a masked villain who wants to disrupt the water supply, but Dead Justice makes the capture. Over the next several days, he beats Sheriff to the arrest of many more criminals. Uh, sheriff is, uh, Dead Justice is a skeleton sheriff who shows up to Crystal Cove and just starts solving mysteries before the gang can do so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I put a hex on you. Uh, that, that has to be the that Scooby-Doo movie. The Hex Girls. Can you? Yeah, I don't know if the Hex Girls are involved, but yeah, I'm also going to say Scooby-Doo. Um, okay, yes. This is the episode with the Hex Girls. Daphne's makeup vlog gets her chance to become the prime consultant to the rock band, the Hex Girls, which also gets the gang another mystery in the form of a haunted guitar that can control people's minds. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the Midnight Club. I, that one's got to be Riverdale, because I feel like there's like a club. At least I've seen episodes I've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Midnight Club, definitely Riverdale. Um, yes. Yeah, I love uh, this episode. You, you can Alice, uh, Alice re revisits her disturbing ties to Griffins and Gargoyles, a game she and the other parents played in high school. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah, so this episode is like, essentially, it's a flashback to their parents 
Their parents all played by like pretty notable teen teen actors like Skeet Ul Ulrich and like Luke Perry, but in this episode, the kid actors play their parents who you already recognize. So it's like KJ Apa That's playing young young Fred, and this is something they do kind of whenever there's a flashback where if you see the young version of their parent, with the exception of like uh, Hiram who doesn't have like a a son or whatever, it's always going to be, like, one of the actors. So Veronica will always be, like, her mother in flashback episodes. Like, That's really cool. Oh, okay. okay, we have two left. American Goth. Oh. American Goth. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Riverdale. I'm going to go with Riverdale. Hmm. This is tricky. Once we're done, I'm going to explain the Riverdale episode naming convention. Um, I'm going <laughs> to. No, let's just. I'm going to say go the other way and say Scooby Doo. Just this is Scooby Doo. Uh, the plot is Shaggy turns goth to impress an old girlfriend. Then he has to prove himself in her cult while a plant monster is on the loose. <laughs> How many Gary, which Scooby Doo is this from? Yeah, this is from Be Cool Scooby Doo. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! If only I watched more episodes, I would have known that one. All right, last one: the spirit of rock and roll. Ah, uh, Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah, I'm also gonna say Scooby Doo. Yes, this is Pup Named Scooby-Doo. The kids head to the Coolsville Amphitheater to see the famous Buddy Childner in concert. But the ghost of Purvis Parker, long forgotten and, and missing star, returns to try to scare everyone off and steals money from the concert. Is he really a ghost? <laughs> see, so yes, Kenny, I, I did discover as I was putting this game together that the vast majority of the Riverdale episodes are named after famous movies. And I was like, uh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's something because in the first season, season it's mostly thematic, where it's like all kind of teen yeah. movies or noirs, and then they'll pull more. They pull more stuff in as the the years go on. Like the ice storm gets a. Uh, gets a call, yeah. or if they do, like, TV shows like Tale from the Dark Side or The Night Gallery, they'll, like, pull those in. Though, in recent seasons, they've been more willing to kind of abandon that con convention for stuff that's more related to the yeah, show, like, Riv like Riverdale R.I.P. bracket right. question mark close bracket. <laughs> or, yeah. Or the Jughead Paradox, which was the most recent episode of the show. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, well, I can't just put, I can't put the hills have eyes down or whatever. I'm like, this, this is so prom night. This is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and American Goth almost got me because there's the paintings. So yeah, like, the American Gothic. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, back to a Scooby Doo Valentine. The gang just discovered that there are, uh, doppelgangers of themselves frightening versions you know glowing red eyes the classic thing um scary you know very existential horror here to find an evil version of yourself that's you know stands for chaos yeah it's yeah it's uh 
Yeah. It's it's really it's a it's really strange. I feel like this was the only um this was only this was probably as weird as this one is, this is probably like the closest to like traditional Scooby Doo episode that I watched out of all of my like homework. <laughs> I, yeah, um, I believe that. Because the KISS one's out there. Every episode of Be Cool is is just its own wacky thing. Like, the first the second episode of Be Cool like starts with them like they're they're like they're uh they're like they it starts with them explaining like how they got the scuba diver and they're all yawning and bored. Yeah, yeah. And the scuba diver's like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that my plan was so boring. It, say, it sounded neat on paper. But yeah, this one. And then Mr. Incorporated, truly the Riverdale of Scooby Doo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to get going first. Yeah, but yeah. No, this one's very like. As 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 weird as this one is, I assume in, in context of like um the rest of what's new, um it's it it felt like it felt very cozy that it was just sort of yeah. this like oh uh, there's just the evil doppelganger you've got to figure out the mystery of who these people actually are. I do love the idea. Like I think um, this is the only time they've ever done this of it being the entire gang, but just evil versions. Um, they've done. They did an, an evil Scooby and Mystery Inc. and they've done like like mirror Shaggy a few times, but this is the only time that there's been just a complete opposite gang that I can think of. Um which is a a great horror idea, you know, it's a really fun yeah. concept. Um untapped potential. Yeah. Monkey Scooby C, yeah. Monkey Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's a bit of a missed opportunity that like the doppelgangers never talk, but I guess that would also kind of give the game away of what's going on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a missed opportunity that doppelgangers never sing, am I right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> had a whole musical number. Um, <laughs> but what's really funny is that you know they they kind of just lightly run away from the the doppelgangers, and then they all uh, come together, and then all of a sudden Rachel is here. And the cop is here <laughs> and they're like, you told us to show up. And the, uh, the cop finds the, the confession note on the ground. And then all of a sudden the gang is arrested. They're going to jail. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, dude, the Fred in jail was like the funniest bit of the episode for me. <laughs> and he's just like the first scene. He's just like, he's sharpening like the stick with, <laughs> uh, with the other knife, which is like, that's not something you do in prison. That's something you do in like the wilderness. Yeah. And then like when they leave, he's like, he's marking the things on the wall and he's marking like the, he's crossing the strike in the five. It's like, we've been here for almost five hours. Yeah. The gang in jail. <laughs> yeah, really funny joke. The gang in jail is just such, such fun. It's really good. Um, you know, Scooby-Doo playing the, uh, the, the harmonica is really funny. Um, Daphne, like, quickly losing it is really good too because she has doesn't have any of her comfort things um you know she doesn't she doesn't want to have to wear the same outfit every day which i i think is a really funny joke (laughs) (laughs) so i always forget that like what's new scooby doo daphne is kind of like the shallowest version of the character i think a little bit i mean it is this is the era where their idea of um of like empowerment is th- is the very early two thousands. Like, what if she was a a girly girl, but she also like 
new karate or whatever, you know, exactly. Just, Uh, just the bare minimum. Yeah. And like in an episode that's light on karate, you might just get the girly girl. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we get all of their mug shots, which is really funny. Scooby's especially. I'm just it is great. Just seeing Scooby Doo holding like the the mug shot card is really fun. Um and then we have an interrogation scene, which is ridiculous and great. Um the girls are being interrogated. The cop is like, I mean, what do you mean you didn't do it? I have your confession letter signed by all of you and an eyewitness saying that it was you. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh. but uh velma you know crafty velma is able to make a deal with the sheriff which i like (laughs) um she uh she's like hey i've got a plan i need you to trust me come on we're all friends you know us we solved all those mysteries come on come on uh so he does agree to help them um and a good thing too, because Daphne is very quickly losing it. Uh, she has the the great bit where it's like, you know, I think it helps not to think about it. So, so all I do is I just hum, 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 hum. Like, like it just is. It's funny. This is a funny stretch of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like, haha, this woman's having a meltdown. Hilarious. Yeah, that is that. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. In cartoon form. um fred fred was was losing it too for the record they were they were both at wit's head i would say uh but fred and daphne are quite equipped for the like pressures of having to sit in like a jail cell yeah they're definitely you you get the idea that shaggy may have this may not be his first rodeo um (laughs) and uh and fred and daphne are probably uh you know the most privileged of the gang, I would imagine, probably used to the most comfort in their daily life. Uh, but um, then we cut to the probably the most straight baiting, as you say, uh, part of the episode, which is um, which is Velma's plan. She, you know, we're we're going back up to Lovers Lane, and we've got Fred and Daphne alone in the mystery machine. Ooh. Ooh. What's going to happen? Yeah, this the series finale. Are we finally going to get the the payoff to probably nothing so far? <laughs> <laughs> it is very much like like any like when they would have like like a special episodes of Hannah Montana or something where it's like, "Oh, oh boy. She's going to get together with this guy this yeah. episode wow <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then they like don't even really kiss at all <laughs> no it's it's everything is this episode is aggressively unromantic um for it being like the valentine's day episode yeah um <laughs> but i feel like that's kind of what you get from like like scooby-doo like it's it yeah. is like the it is like the most asexual show um there's like no there's very little romance going on at least in like 
in like this series, and I'm assuming a lot of like the original series as well. From what in I've, every I've series seen. except for Mystery Incorporated, that's yeah, that's <laughs> entirely what like it, it seems like. And the live action you know, movies, which I know is a point of contention <laughs> with them. <laughs> yes, Listen. yes. I don't want to say that the live action movies are sexual, but they are definitely the opposite of asexual. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, that was a big deal when Mystery Incorporated came out. People were like, "What? What's going on? Hang on, wait, wait, what? What? They're, <laughs> they're all dating each other? What is this?" <laughs> Scooby doesn't have a little dog to date. <laughs> Where's Roxanne? Come on, yeah. Roxanne. Oh, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yes, Fred and Daphne are are not really pulling their weight in terms of making it look like they are on a believable date together. Um, Velma yells at them to like yeah. put an arm around her. Just... Yeah, Velma is is fed up. She's you know like, come on, come on, get your act together. Uh, she's in just in the car with the, with the cop, just just like giving Fred and Daphne directions on how to be romantic which is really funny to me um daphne like almost gets there like they almost have a moment but fred is clueless of course and just embarrassing um but luckily we've got a contingency plan (laughs) yeah in the other car there's like a couple there with a lot of chemistry just a lot of chemistry really (laughs) hitting it off If the car wasn't a, wasn't a hop uh, a convertible, it would have been steaming up like the Titanic car. Yeah. <laughs> also, what a what a uh, probably one of the biggest cinematic or I don't know what you what the word is for TV um, subversion of them not doing it for a Scooby snack because Scooby's trying to cut down on carbs. Yeah. Um, like, like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That it was that was the most weird. That was the weirdest part of the episode for me. That, like, yes, like that is truly the, the most bizarre joke. Yeah, there's there's death taxes, and that Shaggy and Scooby will do anything for a Scooby snack. Like <laughs> we know this. This is this is established. Um, but yes, Shaggy and Scooby are in a convertible together, dressed up as a like a a. Basically, a character from Riverdale, like a, like a like a Archie football player, and a uh, and Scooby is dressed up as like a a, a blonde cheerleader, um, and they're on a date together, <laughs> and they're not happy about it. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's okay because they go for Fred and Daphne anyway, the evil clones. Um, now, in my memory of this episode, I was like, okay, so the clones are robots because they show up, they rip the roof off of the mystery machine, and then pick it up in the air with their just bare hands, <laughs> uh, lift it over their head. And I'm like, this is not something that a normal person can do, like more so than any of the other uh like monsters on yeah. Scooby Doo. This is <laughs> this was yeah this absurd. Was yeah, this was something I didn't even clue in on uh, until I pulled up the the Scoobapedia article. Um, <laughs> it, it was up there. So 
And it also brought me across a really another really funny thing. So they have a whole section on the on the Wikipedia page called um uh inconsistencies slash continuity slash or is there and slash or goof slash oddities. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the list I think is um is one of those. And then right above it is the gang has two girls, namely Daphne and Velma. But Scooby has to play the role of girlfriend in Freddy's plan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really good. I I truly have so much love for the uh, contributors to the Scooby Doo Wiki. Um, <laughs> there is there's another great inconsistency, which is saying that uh, Officer McBride didn't apologize to the gang for falsely imprisoning and accusing the gang of the crime that was committed. <laughs> oh, it's so. What a oh, what a dedicated dedicated wiki! What a good resource! Yes. Really, I love I <laughs> love those kind souls. Yeah. Um, so does not give any explanation of how evil clones both superhuman powers. <laughs> if they had such powers, why did they not use them to escape the trap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah, I guess yeah. Um, yeah, how does I feel like the, there's too much Scooby Doo media to know like a, the golden rule for this, but I feel like there are there are times when the Scooby Gang like encounters like actual like undisputable supernatural stuff, sure, and then just have to move on from that. Um, yeah. But it's it, it and then just have to move on like nothing happened. Uh, but like I'm glad uh, I'm glad there's the Scoobapedia out here keeping them honest. You know? Yeah. yeah. Please, it yeah. is a universe where, like, uh, there's just invisible suits where, like, people can invent those with mm-hmm. ease, apparently. So, it's... yes, yeah. but that I can believe because that is an invention. They have an, they have, well, I mean, like, it's an invention in the in the text of the episode. They give no attempt at explaining how they are strong enough to do this, <laughs> which is like, if they come up with truly anything, if they were like, they do a lot of Pilates or whatever, like, okay, sure. Thank you for <laughs> for the explanation. But they yeah. don't even attempt such a thing. Which is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, then, yes, we have a chase scene. A really banger song, I think. Uh, I really was, was vibing with this one. Um, let's see. I'm going to give credit to this song. Scooby Wiki, don't fail me now. Yes, this is Walk on the Wire, performed by Sahara Hot Nights, of course. Yes, that band that we all remember from the 2000s. We all had our Sahara Hot Nights tapes. Just They could get... They could get JC Shaze, but they could not get an in sync song. They didn't have that much money, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Even you know, like a, a B side or whatever. Um, but uh, yes, they have they have a chase scene. They have an insanely elaborate trap, I would say. Um, really crazy stuff that that, <laughs> that they have whipped up here, <laughs> involving like a giant uh, giant log contraption like it's a like it's the end of return of the jedi or whatever <laughs> um but they do end up trapping the doppelgangers and they unmask scooby-doo first the evil scooby-doo and it is jc shazay oh yep Ooh. Yeah, this is where the moment they reveal there's like a person in the Scooby Doo suit, everything <laughs> makes significantly less sense. It's like 
Scooby Doo do doesn't do? have human proportions. Like, he was just do? running around on like his hands and knees the whole time. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I think you uh, are wrong. <laughs> I mean, if, you actually, if you actually roll back in the episode um, and you look at actually his actual body shape when he's when he's just in his regular suit, he does have Scooby Doo proportions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yes, uh, it is J.C. Shazay. This is the first time that there has ever been a celebrity guest star that is the villain. They are usually not. They're usually just... Uh, oh, that's neat. Playing themselves, in, you know, having the gang um, helping them solve a mystery or whatever, but this is the first time that they are the bad guy, which is great. Really fun. That's actually really shocking. Um, I thought, huh, I thought that would be the case at least like half the time. <laughs> That the special guest would be like the person who's doing like the bad thing. I'm sure, a lot of celebrities are like, well, don't make me look evil. Just... Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lost Ethan. Hey, he'll be back. Oh, there we are. Oops, that was weird. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all good. You can hear me still, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they've had other other celebrities on before and they are usually just um you know along with the gang solving the mystery but this is the first time that it is uh actually the bad guy and uh i think it's i think it's great (laughs) i think it's a really fun reveal especially because his motivation is that he is jealous of shaggy rogers (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just a really funny idea to have the lead singer of NSYNC be jealous of uh, Scooby of uh, Shaggy. <laughs> like, just is a, a very funny joke, and uh, <laughs> just lands really well. I think it's it's great. Um, what do you think, J.C. Shaze, the villain? Yeah, this was something where because this episode, as much as yeah. It does come out of that Scooby-Doo structure. It's not much of a mystery, or at least I thought, but then as he, like, lays it out, you're like, oh yeah, I guess this kind of tracks where, like, Rachel, despite her, like, acting like she's over Shaggy, does seem to want to be spending time around him a lot, and, mm-hmm. like, and everything he kind of lay- lays out, you're like, oh yeah, they were kind of building out a, a, a little case for Jay-Z Chavez to be the villain um, of this yeah. piece. Yeah. Could have been the the mailman. Could have been, you know, yeah. angry at Velma. I don't um, know if that tracks though, because apparently there was eight kids missing before they even got into town. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Which I think is what gets him. He's out of jail at first, because like all the guy has is the is mm-hmm. the like witness saying them. They're like, we weren't even in town for so many of those. It's just... Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild plan, especially because we go to. Uh, we revealed that the the kids are just have been partying at Shazay's cabin the entire time. Um, a really good bit. Like it, it's not quite <laughs> as good as like the Simple Plan episode. Their motivation for trying to kidnap Simple Plan was they wanted to replace them with their own band. That's terrible. But yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that for some reason the like the kids that are partying don't know that they're at JC Shazay's house. Yeah. <laughs> It don't seem like they are in peril. They're just like hanging out. They're like, yeah, yeah. This place rules. Yeah. <laughs> Why would we leave? Also, um, it's really funny that Rachel is impressed by what JC has done. And yeah, she's like, that's so romantic. Just 
<laughs> yeah. He hired extras to play the rest of the gang, which is which is hilarious. Um, he uh, their designs are supposed to be modeled after the voice actors, um, yeah, respectively, uh, which is a nice little nod to them for sure. And uh, Daphne is really upset at being portrayed by an extra. You know, she uh, she she's angry that you know not even Sarah Michelle Geller was available. If you check the phone text of the episode, it says she regretted playing Daphne in the <laughs> yeah, I do not know. <laughs> they need to cite their source on that one. I think she may have said that in one single interview, but I don't think that that is. Yeah, I think the exact interview. I think she said that I think the the Scoop Doo movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. She did like two movies with the love of her life. Like, I figured yeah, they started like dating in that movie, or if it was earlier. But like, it's absolutely like really beloved movies for an entire generation. Yeah, I think she's she is fine with that. Um, but that's the episode. It plays over pink credits, which is fun. Yeah, it's a nice little other sweet, uh, I guess, series finale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But um we will get the chance to rank it on our tier list. But first, the time has come for Jinkies or Stinkies, the final game of the episode. <laughs> um, this is go. one where I think, yeah, you guys should just both write down your answers and it will be honor system as to whether or not you are lying to me. Ben, I trust you. Kenny, you better not lie to me. <laughs> um, the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of six stories or facts related to a topic in the episode. Some of those stories will be true, which are jinkies, and some will be fake. I made them up, which are stinkies. It's up to you to tell the difference. Now, obviously, the topic. It's going to be Valentine's Day. All right. So are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Okay. So uh, I have structured these as kind of being like in order of like on a timeline from like old Valentine's Day stuff to modern day. So we're going to start in the olden times. The oldest known Valentine's card was sent in 1415 from prison. Charles, the Duke of Orleans, was captured in the Battle of Agincourt and imprisoned in the Tower of London. He wrote a love poem to his young wife, Bonne, in which he referred to her as his gentlest Valentine. This was one of many letters the Duke wrote during his 25-year-long imprisonment, but unfortunately, he would never reunite with his beloved, as she died at some point midway through his time in jail, and never was able to bear a child. The Duke, however, remarried at the age of 46 to a 14-year-old with whom he had three children. But his true legacy, the Valentine's card, lives on. Okay, is that so a jinky or a stinky? So you're saying the Valentine's Day card has <laughs> age gap discourse. Yes, yes. That is I would... Um, I would I, do you have your, your answer written down, Kenny? Yeah, I got my answer yeah. right now. I that has to be a jinkies. Um, you would have you you're. I know why you made that up. <laughs> yeah, it's 
you'd be surprised at what he can make up, but yeah, it's a, it's a jinky. I think <laughs> it is it, a jinky. Um, but Kenny's right. He, I, I, I put a lot of research into <laughs> putting, making these work. Um, oh, so. damn it. All right. Well, I, first one's a gimme then. This one is true. The tradition of handing out chocolate for Valentine's day really didn't come into fashion until the 1600s. Before that, the tradition was lemons. The superstition was that unmarried girls would take lemons, tear off the peel, and put the entire pulp in their mouth at once. You would then suck out all of the juice without coughing or spitting anything out, which would be considered bad luck. Then you would spit out the damp, juiceless pulp onto the rind, and supposedly you could see your suitor's face somehow in this mess. This tradition eventually faded away into obscurity. And we now enjoy the much more palatable chocolate on Valentine's Day. I'm uh, going to say I, this is a stinky because it feels like you're just making a play on the term pucker up. Yeah, I'm also going to go stinkies just because, like, I don't, there's no way it's the 1600s. I'm trying to think of, like, chocolates and Valentine's. No, yeah, it's got to be a stinkies. This is a stinkies. You are correct. Yes. yes. When when did chocolates actually start getting associated with Valentine's Day? Uh, probably like, after that. Yeah, because yeah. if you if you were to tell me that happened like eighty years ago, I believe you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like because that that seems like a very much like a thing that like came about like because of like marketing and not because of like. Well, I mean, else. I've I've discovered researching this that like this Valentine's Day has been around for a very long time. Like, I yeah. thought it would have been for maybe 200 years but like that like i said that carb is in the 14th century like they've yeah. been around forever <laughs> um, but uh yeah okay moving on valentine's cards became fully vogue in the victorian era when people would exchange elaborate lacy cards expressing fondness for each other but what did you do if you had a potential suitor you wanted to keep at arm's length in the 19th century vinegar cards became popular as the alternative to valentine's and featured brief, sassy, and direct comments plainly explaining that you are not interested. An example is a famous vinegar card featuring a woman holding a giant lemon that reads, To my valentine, tis a lemon I hand you and bid you now skidoo. Because I love another, there is no chance for you. To add insult uh, to injury, <laughs> the cards would be sent cash on delivery, meaning it cost the recipient one penny to find out they were being rejected. Uh, wait, uh, Kenny, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say it's a uh, jinkies, just because vinegar card sounds real. I feel yeah. like I've heard that other places. I'm gonna say it's a jinkies, because I want this to be true with all my heart. <laughs> yeah. This is true, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. It is, they apparently got very nasty eventually, <laughs> before they were like phased out um we should bring these back yeah bring back the <laughs> very quickly to get canceled in like 2022 <laughs> i think to start handing out vinegar cards <laughs> <laughs> to people that like have have never even like exhibited any interest in you at all you're just like i would not date you you seem bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> really bad situation <laughs> okay we're halfway done money you guys are at a hundred percent so far. So oh, doing nice. A Valentine's oh. tradition that has been lost to time is that of the leap day. 
In the 19th century, once every four years, Valentine's would become Leap Day, which was a day when everything was just backwards enough that women could, for a day only, propose to men in proper society. A British magazine in 1872 published this. This being Leap Year, if a single gentleman receives a valentine from a single lady and can trace the sender through the post office, he will be entitled to consider her missive as equivalent to a proposal of marriage and to accept it if the lady can give satisfactory references as to property, connections, accomplishments, and ability to manage a modern mansion. Is this a jinky or a stinky? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with a with a jinkies. I think that's true. Mm, yeah. I'm trying to think. It's because, yeah. I'm also suspicious because it's become a modern thing with Leap Day in recent years. Like, I know 30 Rock is a very famous episode where there's a whole bunch of Leap Day traditions that they just kind of made up. But Great episode. Then again, it's... Yeah, you know what? No, I'm just gonna go with, like, jin- jinkies on this one. Like, I think it's true. You can't metagame me. Or, well, I guess I would be metagaming you, but... This is true. You are correct. <laughs> yes! Oh, good. Wow. Oh, man, I don't want to get my hopes up. Like, so many people come so close to that perfect game and then, like, mess it up <laughs> at the end. Like, <laughs> I, I really... I, I know we're only part with you, but I really appreciate that these are... Um... These are either wholly made up. It isn't like, um, actually, it was fifteen seventeen. <laughs> like these, I really appreciate. This has been a super fun game so far. Yeah, one of the pillars of the modern Valentine's tradition is, of course, the elementary school card exchange. If you were homeschooled or you live on Mars, the way it usually works is that every kid decorates a shoebox and then their classmates dress Valentines to them. Generally speaking, these are little pieces of cardboard that are branded in some way with like superheroes or cartoon characters on them and a brief little adage. But sometimes this can backfire. In, the, in early 2004, a line of Valentines based off of the popular anime One Piece had to be recalled due to a localization mishap. One of the cards featured the main character, Pirate Captain Monkey D. Luffy, that said, be mine and meet my great seamen. After the recall, it said, be my valentine and please join my crew. Is this a jinky or did I make it up a stinky? Seamen, uh, of course, being spelled <laughs> S-E-A-M-E-N. Uh, I want to say stinkies on that one. I, I feel like I would have seen either memes of the picture or something. Um, also because it's super easy to lie about One Piece because there's so much of it. Um, so I'm going to go with Stinkies on this one. Look, I am famously the friend in three different friend groups who doesn't keep up with anime, with the exception of One Piece, which I try and keep up with as part of an elaborate bit. And yeah, I definitely remember when that show came out. I feel it's probably a bit too early for Valentine's at the time. I'm going to say Stinky. You are both correct. I did make this up. Okay, we have one more remaining for Jinkies or Stinkies. Oh wow, this is this is Kenny. If we, if we if we both one of if we just pick if one of us picks the opposite, we one of us is guaranteed a six out of six. 
<laughs> hmm. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we we can't meh again. The downfall of everyone's people is trying to get ahead of Ethan's way of thinking. Though. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're not both too proud and too confident to pick the same one. <laughs> Uh, really funny if that's what does <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox made headlines when they started dating in late 2020. Since then, their romantic antics and exploits He cut off for me. I don't know if he cut off for you. We did it. We beat him. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, we can't hear you. I wonder if he can hear us. If we pull this, if we pull this off, <laughs> some people I can brag to. Oh man! Oh, fingers Okay, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, if you just want to go back and do the the beginning of the question, I guess. What, what now? I'm metagaming you by having my my computer free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna start over. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox made headlines when they started dating in late 2020. Since then, their romantic antics and exploits have kept them in the limelight ever since, including their dramatic and salacious Valentine's Day in 2021. The couple spent the evening in a reportedly haunted hotel in Los Angeles, where MGK put his foot in a shackle and chained himself to the wall. They weren't seen for two days, and then after that, when Megan Fox emerged, she was wearing his clothes, and he was wearing hers. Is this a jinky or a stinky? Oh man, um, this, oh my gosh, wait, let me think. I'm oh, going man. to, I'm going to go with my gut, because it's, I feel, oh, there's man. so much Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly stuff, <laughs> I usually hear about it, I'm going to say Stinky. Yeah, I'm going with stinky as well, just because the the them wearing each other's clothes, like that's it. That's like a thing that's exclusive to like TV TV shows. I'm going with stinky too. So we're we're going down in this boat together if we got it wrong. You are both correct. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, yes. A oh, perfect jinkies or stinkies round. <laughs> Virtually unheard of on this podcast. Great work. The- those were hard. Oh my gosh, that was so. If it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for the them wearing each other's clothes, I would. It would have been like I would have definitely gone with Jinkies. That was like the one thing that tipped me off. I feel if they had been missing for a couple of days, it definitely would have come up because like Neo Rivera's like disappearance was not that long before that. I guess I should have worded it properly. I didn't mean that they were missing, just so much as they didn't come out of their room. But, you know, I, I respect it. I, either way, you got there in the end. You both got them all right. Uh, first time this has happened in a lot of episodes, so great job. Um, but 
Episode's not over yet. We've got to rank it on our heavy metal tier list. So we have five tiers, which I will explain to you now. At the bottom is the rut row tier. That's the absolute worst, the bottom of the barrel. Then we have the Scooby Dumb tier. That's for episodes we think are dumb, but you know, you could feasibly see yourself watching again, I suppose. Then in the middle is the middle of the road tier. That is the uh, just another mystery tier is that one. Then up from that is the groovy tier for episodes we like a lot, but just aren't quite good enough to make it into the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the golden Scoob tier. What are we thinking for a Scooby-Doo Valentine? Oh man, um, this is a really fun episode. I think like, I enjoyed yeah. it more. I think objectively than like the simple plan one. Mm-hmm. So, Me yeah, too, I would say. I think no. Um, it's definitely tough because I feel like um, my all my other Scooby homework. I feel like definitely. I definitely am doing. I was. I definitely feel like I'm watching golden tier stuff. Um. But I still really like this episode. I would, I would most likely put it in like groovy. Yeah, um, I would also go for groovy. I yeah, think. groovy or like a really high, just another mystery. Um, yeah, I think it is definitely doing some interesting stuff that you don't normally see. It's it's fun. It's funny. Um, it's yeah. I think groovy is a great place to put this. I don't see why not. You know, it's a it's a real blast of an episode. I think. Um, and I think it definitely doesn't feel like just another mystery when you're watching it, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, folks, we did it. We had, we had a great time. I'm really glad that the both of you joined me for this. It was a real pleasure. I'm really, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. Thank you so much for lending me your time this evening for my silly Valentine's special. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah um thank you for having us yeah it's um yeah there wasn't weirdly enough that like this was a valentine but there was not a single kiss <laughs> no there um, was in not. this one there are two kisses in the kiss one not excluding the actual people that take part of kiss um <laughs> in like the movie well, there you go yeah, so like I did. It, I at least got to see a couple Scooby kisses uh, during good. my during my time. That's good. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get to put your expertise <laughs> to uh, to the fold here. But you know, soon you guys are going to be embarking on a new topic. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have. Um, uh, what week yeah, does we this have... episode come out? Like the... this comes out the week February 9th, right before Valentine's Day. We'll probably be pretty yeah. pretty close to being done. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be moving on to probably the two categories that have the most to do with Scooby Doo, um, sandwiches and villains. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Fe- yeah, February 9th, If I'm if I'm remembering my time when the episodes come out correctly, that'll be kind of our wrap up episode for the best kiss we've been doing and. Yeah, then we have a special one-off on Best Sandwich, a category that appeared exactly once. And only three three wildly diverse films. Yeah. And, and yeah, then then we're with, like bringing out with like Best Villain, so it's a clean jumping on point if you don't want to watch 30 episodes of a podcast that starts off pretty short and then 
routinely starts crossing the two hour marks on episodes like um <laughs> yeah i i love you guys' podcast um i have been on it twice i'm coming back again um so i can only recommend it so much i just i think it's really fun um i think it's a more like it's truly a great idea for a podcast um and you guys do a great job um so yeah definitely listen to that if you uh enjoyed this episode um do you either of you have anything else you might want to plug a twitter or something else anything oh yeah um so i have my twitter which is like another great resource if you want to get um i i will always retweet when a new episode comes up so it's another great avenue to get the sort of updates on that i'll always post like a funny um clip from the movie or if family guy does a parody of it i'll usually post like the screenshot of like the relevant uh frame um i think i did that for la la land uh, yes um, i did <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and that's uh at uh gak gak that is g-h-a-k g-h-a-k and then um my instagram as well uh not two pens uh not underscore two underscore pens uh i'm posting um two images every day um one is me in the gym and then one is like a drawing that i do that day i think i drew scooby-doo yesterday um like a little quick sketch of him (laughs) canny yeah um you can find me on twitter at like a wolverine um and you can find me on letterbox also at like a wolverine and that is where you can also find lists of both all the best kiss movies and best villain movies that are kind of covering from the podcast which is a nice resource for anyone who wants to watch along on a show that involves the watching five movies a week <laughs> uh absolutely i uh, yeah follow them at those places if you want to follow me you can follow me at the real brundine on twitter uh, you can follow the show at heavy metal pod on twitter i would like to once again thank the boys from past the golden popcorn for joining me this week and i would like to thank all of you for listening if you enjoyed the show please tell a friend you know if you know someone you think might like this show uh, word of mouth is a great way to grow niche podcasts like this and as always to all you meddling kids out there please remember to stay groovy Ha, 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 ha.